uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 14. The Bible says unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mightest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice... I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcome and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Father, I pray this morning, God, we want to thank you for the good singing, the good testimonies, the free spirit and liberty that we feel in this place. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll give us liberty and vocabulary. I pray this morning for, uh, God, that ready turn of thought and mind. I pray that you'll illuminate our heart and our mind this morning. God, I ask you to give us the strength physically and spiritually this morning. Lord, we desire to hear from heaven. Lord, as David said, I will lift mine eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And God, I look and look to you this morning, and I pray that you will do the work that no man can do. Hide us behind the shadows of the cross this morning as so much has been said and sung about. And may we not see man this morning, but I pray that we would see a thrice holy God high and holy and lifted up. God, I pray that you'll be pleased with our worship this morning. And God, that you would receive maximum glory. You know who's saved and you know who's lost in this building. God, I just want to do what you would have me to do. And I pray that you'll take the word of God and penetrate every heart this morning. And Father, we'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you. In our Savior's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this, this morning. I want to preach this morning. Normally I would preach this message tonight. But for whatever reason, the Lord has just kept it on my heart all morning. And I want to preach this morning on this subject, on the dangers of becoming a lukewarm church. The dangers of becoming a lukewarm church. Our text opens uh, with the churches as it has in all of these church epistles this morning. And Christ, he recognizes in verse number 14, the pastor, the people, and the place, as he says unto the angel of the church at the Laodiceans right. Now the word Laodicean, uh, it simply means ruled by the people. There are other definitions that go along with that, but at the same time when we think about it, it all comes into that one heading being ruled by the people. And I don't have to elaborate much on this this morning. Uh, you already know that we are living in the Laodicean age, the Laodicean time. If you was to go back to the church of Ephesus and was to begin to trace these seven churches here that John was writing to, each one of these churches represent a different timeline from the book of Acts in chapter two to where we are living now. We're living on the threshold of eternity and the rapture of the church. So having said that this morning, when we come to this passage here, we know that uh, as John is writing to the church of the Laodicea, 
begins, he's also speaking not just to a literal church, but he's also talking about the timeline in which that you and I are living in. It reveals several things about this church. In verse number 15, he reveals the task of this church as he says that I know thy works. That is something that Christ spoke to every church about was that he knew their works. And works are good, but works alone is not enough. Amen? And that's what these seven churches represent. He reveals the task of this church. And then he reveals the tragedy in verse number 15 of this church as he said that he said that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. In other words, here is a church that is just straddling the fence. They're not cold and they're not hot. They're not on one side, they're not on the other. They're just kindly contemporary. They're just kindly going along and whatever the people want because it's ruled by the people. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar in the day that we're living in when it's just whatever? You know, I remember a couple years ago, a pastor that I was sitting with, we were talking and he said, you know, he had just recently took a church and he said, I held a meeting. And he said, when I held that meeting, he said, I gave a, a piece of paper to the first person on the front row. And I asked them to pass that paper around. And for everybody in that congregation, it wasn't a very large congregation, to put down what they wanted to see in their church or what kind of an idea uh, they had concerning the church. And for them to write that down and that I would, by my best ability, uh, would be able to, to pastor the church uh, according to those needs. Well, it may sound good, friend, but that's not what leadership is, amen? When you elect a pastor, you don't elect him to find out what everybody else thinks ought to be a good church. You don't even elect him for him to decide what our church ought to be. But you elect a pastor so that he'll pray, walk with God, find the will of God, and go in that direction, amen? Well, we're living in that day, and the tragedy is here's a church that doesn't want to stand for anything. Here's a church that wants to give everybody what they want. Now, I don't want to be unpopular, but you know as well as I do, we can't satisfy everybody because the Bible's not going to satisfy everybody. Our authority and our mandate is to just simply stand on the word of God and to live and to lead by the principles of the Bible and to encourage others and invite others to come to the cross and to follow this way, but it's up to them to make that individual choice. But the tragedy of the last day is that we're seeing churches that are compromising and, and churches that are being formed, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power because they are ruled by the people. And so there's the tragedy of this church, the task of this church. And then he reveals the temperature of this church. Notice in verse number 16, he said, so that thou art become lukewarm. He not only knew that they were hot, wasn't hot or cold, but he knew the exact temperature of this church of the Laodiceans. Hey, can I tell you, Christ knows the temperature of every church. He knows the temperature of this church. He knows the temperature of the church down the road. And I think he'll tell the pastor what the temperature of the church is. I think he'll lay it on the pastor's heart and what the temperature of the church is so that he can pray and so that he can seek the will of God. I don't think, now I understand that people can have discernment, but we're living in a time when people, and I'm not necessarily talking, I know it's not that way here, and thank God it's never gonna be that way here as long as I'm here, but as long, listen, there's a lot of churches uh, that when you go in, you can't tell who's chief and who's the Indians. Can somebody say amen right there? I was in a church a few years ago, never been in that church before a day in my life. 
Walked in, knew the pastor, but didn't know the church. He had been there a couple years. Walked in, sat down, and immediately when the song leader got up and started talking, I knew he had trouble on his hands. Because, Brother David, when he got up, the song leader acted like he was a pastor. And I thought, oh, buddy, I don't know that guy. But I said, Lord, I'm glad he ain't at Bible Baptist Church. Amen now. Some of y'all looking pale, and I'm just getting warmed up. Brother, there's only one chief. You say, who's that? Is that you? No, that's him. Amen. He's the chief shepherd, and I'm under him, and y'all follow under me, and you pray for me that I'll follow him, and I'll pray for you that you'll follow me as I follow him, and everything will be all right. Isn't that right? But the temperature of the church is that oftentimes what happens is the church gets settled. It becomes lukewarm. Now, you would think this church would never be a lukewarm church, but I'm gonna shock you this morning by simply saying this. There are times when lukewarmness has set in our church. You said, when I wait a minute brother Gravely. we've not compromised we're still standing firm and we're still standing and I understand that this morning we're still standing on the principles of the word of God but you hear me well this morning if you and I are not real careful listen lukewarmness doesn't just involve compromise it involves complacency amen and though we may still have our standards and our convictions and our bible principles if we're not careful we'll let the devil rock us to sleep we'll lose our desire and our hunger and our thirst for souls and our thirst to worship God. And I'm gonna tell you, it takes everything. Can I get an amen right there? I wouldn't give you a nickel for a church that shouts and doesn't pass out tracts. Amen. Y'all with me on that? I wouldn't give you a nickel. I don't care how much they shout on Sunday. If they're not preaching the gospel and they're not winning souls and they're not going after people, they're not fulfilling the great commission, friend. And God didn't leave us here to live on the mountaintop every Sunday. There's more to being a Christian than just shouting. Somebody say amen. Now, you know I like shouting. If it gets quiet around here, I'm gonna ask you, hey, let's, let's go to meeting, amen. But I'm just simply saying I wanna have a balanced church, don't you? A balanced church means you stand on the Bible, you worship God, that is the shout, but you take what you're shouting about out there and you witness and you tell others. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you don't sow the gospel and go after souls, your church will dry up on the vine and it will die in a hurry. Amen. Our visitation program is fixing to start up and it is the biggest thing that is ever going on in this church outside worshiping God. Isn't that right? It's winning the, winning the loss, going after souls, knocking on doors. If we don't do that, we're done. We're out of business. We'll, we'll enjoy for a few years the pleasures and uh, blessings that God has given us, but little by little, service by service, guess what? We'll just dry up and die. And so, my friend, the temperature of the church is very important. He knows uh, the temperature of the church. Now, sometimes I get frustrated. You pray for me. I know y'all don't. But I get frustrated when I get, I hear people, I hear it here, I hear it other places. They'll say, boy, it sure was dead in there. You know what's going through my mind when people tell me that? Well, why didn't you help it? That's exactly what goes through my mind. When people say, man, it sure was dead. I'm thinking, well, why didn't you help it? Is that right? I know there's a place and I know that you can't shout every service, although I don't know why we can't shout every service. I know there's gotta be one preacher. Everybody can't do the preaching, amen. I have been in some services where I wanna tell people to be quiet so I can preach. Somebody say amen. 
I mean, you can say amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, raise your hand, but you can't talk while I'm talking, isn't that right? That's called confusion. Somebody say amen right there. And there's got to be one uh, pastor, one preacher. When the preacher gets up to preach, I'm gonna sit there and amen the preacher. I'm not gonna talk while he's talking, but I'll tell you what I am gonna do. I'm not gonna sit there like a wooden Indian neither and just look at him, amen. I don't know why in the name of heaven, whenever a service is a little bit tough, why everybody else just lets rigor mortis set in on them too. I mean, friend, listen, it don't cost you anything to say amen. It don't cost you anything to say praise God. I don't care how you feel. I don't care if what kind of week you had. I don't care if your house burnt to the ground. Uh, listen, God's good enough and big enough and got grace enough. He's still worthy to be praised and to be worshiped, amen. Now, I'll tell you something else. I don't look across the aisle and see what somebody else thinks about me saying amen to the preaching. Amen. Y'all with me tonight or this morning? I mean, I don't look across to say, well, is so-and-so gonna get with the preacher? Because if so-and-so gets with the preacher, then I'm gonna get with the preacher. Oh, listen, you're as phony as a $3 bill. Your worship isn't worth, it ain't worth three cents, friend, if that's the way you worship God. And while I'm on the subject, I already tell you this is a two-part sermon, amen? Uh, listen, I, while I'm on the subject uh, about this matter, about the temperature of the church, uh, I wanna tell you, friend, listen, you, you also can't say, when I, you know, I really like to hear so-and-so preach, but I just don't like him. Oh, boy, I'm gonna tell you something. I just hit gold when I said that. May it never be said about us that we're so shallow of a Christian that we label our preacher. Amen. Oh, he, I'm telling you, so-and-so, he is my favorite preacher. Well, God bless your little heart. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, I, listen, you know who my favorite preacher is? It's preachers that preach the word of God and live what they preach, amen? And I wanna emphasize the second part, and live what they preach. I'm not much and I don't know everything, but by the grace of God, if he'll help me, I want to live what I preach. I'm not telling you I measure up to everything neither when I say that, but we've got too many phony balonies in this day and time. And listen, I'm not following personality. I'm not following popularity. I'm telling you sometimes we turn out preachers and people just follow them. They'd follow them off a cliff and don't even know what they believe or how they even live live, friends. Look, some of the greatest men of God I've ever met. They never, nobody even knew who they were. But they had the power of God on their life. And they were real. Did you catch that? They were real. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about when they got out there. Brother, I'm telling you, listen, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel with a hole board in it for somebody that, listen, said that they'll strike on this preacher and then they won't strike on this preacher. And you preachers sitting out there, you ought to amen the truth, amen? I, listen, you ought to amen when I'm here and you ought to amen when I'm not here. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, listen, you ought to turn your papers in if you can't shout on, on any preacher that I put behind a pulpit if they're preaching the word of God. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, friend, listen, I'm just gonna plow it all up this morning. It'll make us all feel better anyway. Amen? I mean, either you got confidence in leadership or you don't got confidence in it. And if you don't have confidence in it, then I don't even know why you're here. Somebody say amen. I'm just simply saying this this morning, uh, that listen, we can't strike uh, on who we want to strike on. Uh, we ought to worship and we ought to back up the preaching of the word of God. 
I understand there are times. Somebody got up here one time. I didn't say nothing. I can say something now because it's been a few years. Don't say something. Don't say nothing to me after church though about it. But somebody got up here one time that uh, I let sing and they made a statement. They said, now this isn't really a traditional song. I said, uh-oh. You just lost me when you said that. And they sung their song and I was kind and I was cordial and they only sung one song. And then they sat down and then I never asked them to sing again. Amen. Oh, they wasn't a member. They was a visitor. But I never invite them back. I'm gonna tell you why. Because we like traditional. Somebody say amen. We don't make no apologies about that. We're not running a vote to see who votes for it and who votes for it. If I've got to apologize about a song, then it don't need to be sung. Is that right? And just because it's got good words, listen, if the, if the melody ain't right, then listen, the, the, the message may be right, but the melody's gotta be right too, amen? I mean, if it sounds like something that came out of a bar room or something that came out of a rock concert, it ain't got no business on this platform, amen? Because I can already tell you, the temperature's not gonna be right. I would try to, I put a couple amens where I could to be kind, amen, just to be kind. Uh, I said, well, Lord, I said, if you'll let this untraditional singer sit down I promise you they won't never get back up unless they change amen I'm just simply saying you say preacher I don't like that kind of preaching well I can't help that I'm just telling you I have a responsibility I'm going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for the temperature of the church amen a man come in one time never seen him from Adam oh I'm not even in the introduction but that'll be okay he came in one time had a lady sitting right over here, Miss Allen. She was sitting right next to you. And she got saved the Sunday before. And she was, she was, I mean, she got gloriously saved. Her husband grabbed her by the arm, tried to get her not come to the altar. And she pulled that arm away. And she come down here and got saved. Isn't that a blessing? And she was sitting right next to Sister Allen that Sunday, but she had on a pair of blue jeans. And she didn't know anything about God or church. We're just glad she's here, wasn't we? But uh, this person came in. I think the devil sends people sometimes. Uh, there's something about walking in a church and not knowing nobody and just jumping up. Y'all with me? Y'all know I'm for old-time worship. But I also believe in being a little bit cordial, too. I mean, if, I go, if, I, if I'm invited to preach in a church, I don't just walk in and jump up. I mean, because I, I don't know them. They don't know me. There's just a little bit of ethics in there. And this person came in and jumped up and had a strange spirit about them and testified and blew her out. And you know what? I went to her, begged her to come back to church, and she didn't come back. So you know what I did after that? I called the gentleman that the person came with. I said, tell him to call me. And I told him what happened. He said, well, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I said, well, there's 300 churches in Chattanooga. Amen. Y'all still with me, aren't you? So why are you preaching that, Brother Greg? Because we're living in terrible days. But I'm telling you, listen, you better have you better have hide like an alligator. And listen, you better have compassion. You better have a, a compassionate heart. And I believe in standards. I believe in convictions. Some of y'all got off with me when I said that, but I'm just telling you, when somebody gets saved, they're just a babe in Christ. Isn't that right? And so we're gonna let them grow and we're gonna help them and we're gonna nurture them. And then, boy, you say, how'd that make you feel? It made my blood pressure boil so hard. If you'd have put an egg on top of my head, I'd have fried it in two seconds. Amen? You know why? Because that's no discernment whatsoever is what that is. And a pastor these days has got his hand full, hands full just trying to keep the temperature of the church right in this day and time. We're not going, we're not going to compromise 
but we're not going to go the other way neither. Isn't that right? And so he talks about that. I'm getting myself in trouble this morning. <laughs> the temperature of the church. And then he talks about the treasures of this church. Notice what he reveals, the treasures of the church in verse 17. He said, that thou, he said, uh, he said because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. Well, that's what churches think a good church is about today. They think if a church has got a big building, a big bank account, they've got something going on. The bigger the church, we see it and we stand in awe. But I want to tell you something. I want the power of God, don't you? I want his presence, amen. I mean, I want God to bless this church. I, I want God to, to just continue to bless this church. And hey, we're going to get a paved parking lot soon. Y'all ought to shout about that. We rolled in here this morning, clump, clump, clump. And I told my wife, I said, well, praise God, if the monsoon will ever stop, and I'm not complaining about that, God knows we need that. Maybe God let there be so much rain to put so many potholes in our uh, church parking lot so we would pave the parking lot, amen? But we're gonna get a paved parking lot. Isn't that a blessing? I think the church of God, or uh, God's church ought to be, uh, listen, a beautiful church. Everything ought to look nice. Uh, uh, but can I tell you something? If we got money, we're going to spend it. If somebody say it now, we're not necessarily going to spend it on the pastor. I mean, I thank you for taking care of the pastor. But listen, if money comes in, it's going to go out for the work of God, for the gospel, for the ministry, for the help of others. I mean, God give us money to spend, not to hoard. Somebody say amen. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with saving money in the church. And we ought to do that. But I, what I'm saying is, just because you have a big church and a big bankroll, it doesn't mean you have. This was a church that didn't need anything, but they couldn't see. There's, you know, when a church gets to the place where they don't need anything, they're in trouble. And if we've got, listen, if we, if, if we had everything built around here and somebody gave us a million dollars, we're going to spend it till it's gone. Somebody say amen. Spend it till it's gone. He said, what are you going to do? We're just going to spend it on missions. Somebody say amen. We're going to support missionaries, build churches, do whatever. Uh, listen, uh, I mean, if we got money, God gave us money to spend it, amen? I mean, listen, we, uh, I mean, we, we'll build something, isn't that right? I mean, I don't know what we'll build, but we'll build something for the glory and the honor of God, amen? I'm talking about, friend, if money comes in, it ought to go out. The church ought, ought to always have a need. They ought to always be having to give, always having to make a sacrifice. You say, well, I don't like that sacrificial giving. Well, Jesus paid it all. He said, sacrificing gain, and God honors that it's living by faith when we sacrifice him. I'm not saying you gotta empty your bank account, but I'll tell you, we ought to always have to give. And you know, I'm preaching to the choir when I say that, because this church is a very giving church. You know why God has blessed this church? Because never in 21 years that I've been here, and I don't think so in 37 years that Brother Cape was here, people do not complain about giving, amen? They've always taken care of the man of God and men of God that come in and missionaries, and God has blessed the church, but we have needs, don't we? There's needs around the church and the treasures of this church. Here's a church that had everything, but what about the testimony of this church? You see, when we come to verse number 17, Jesus reveals the true identity and testimony of this church. Do you know what I want him to do today? I want him to do that exact same thing in Bible Baptist Church. I want him to reveal the true testimony of this church. 
the true testimony of everybody that's sitting in these pews. I pray that the, that's why the Holy Spirit is so important because he shows us who we are and he shows us where we're at. I don't want to go to a church where I'm made to feel good every Sunday. I like to feel good in church. I think there ought to be some positive preaching. Somebody say amen. I think we need encouragement. You can't shear the sheep every service and beat up on everybody every service. Y'all know that. And we believe that. But I don't want to go to church where there's a Joel Osteen Sunday every Sunday and where everything is just a, a wonderful utopia and nobody's living in sin and everybody's made to feel good about their sin. Friend, if that's all church is, I'll stay at the house. Amen. Because you're not getting anything there. That's just play in church, amen. I want to go where the presence of God will convict my heart, deal with my life, uh, get this flesh where it needs to be put out. I want to go to church where a man of God is not afraid to get up and preach on sin. He's not afraid to talk about some things. Uh, I don't want to go to church where he's mean and rude and ugly, but I want him to not be afraid uh, uh, to get up and preach on sin. Uh, uh, we need to hear preaching on sin in these days. There's many things we could say, but notice this with me. He talks about the testimony of this church. He said, you know not that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I could say a lot about those words this morning, perhaps maybe tonight if the Lord let me. But I want to say this. Here's a church that had all these other things, but they could not see where they really stood. This morning, I pray as I do every morning, God, whatever this church needs, please speak to my heart. Please show me. Please turn the light on. God, I'm not smart enough. I don't have wisdom to figure that out. Oh, this morning as a Christian, as, as a member of this church, you ought to open your heart and say, Lord, what do I need to do to be a, a better church member? Maybe perhaps some of you are sitting here this morning and you've let a little lukewarmness come into your life. I've had that happen to me. I've lost the fire, lost the thrill. Sometimes we're not out in sin. We're not, we're not living in deep, dark, gross sin, but we get cold and indifferent on God. We start to get complacent. We get to the place where the things that meant so much to us all of a sudden, they don't matter so much. I'm gonna tell you the dangers of getting lukewarm, getting, getting to the place where you just kindly are in the middle of things. What happens is you get very complacent and when you get very complacent, then you start looking around, you begin to get very critical. You begin to look around and think about this. When you first came to this church, I, I pray it's still the same for you. But for when you first came to this church, man, you loved this church, didn't you? Man, this, this is the nearest thing to heaven when you came here. I have found my place at Bible Baptist Church. I hope it's still that same way for you. I don't think you dislike the church or you wouldn't be here this morning, but if you and I are not careful, what can happen is we won't be as excited about it now as we was then. And we'll start looking around. We'll start picking people apart. And we'll say, well, you know, I wonder why so-and-so is this way. I wonder why so-and-so is that way. I wonder why such-and-such is like this. And boy, then we'll get that old critical spirit. I'm gonna tell you something. When you get like that, you mark it down. You're backslid on God, amen? Whether you'll let that thing dominate your life or as before when you first came to church, you couldn't see nothing but good. You couldn't see nothing but, I mean, you love the church now. What you see is, is, the, is the things that are bad. Can I tell you something? As long as there's people here, there's gonna be some bad things here. Boy, I'm glad that people don't put me under the microscope like that. You see, the same judgment you use on others is gonna be used on you. Brother, it's easy to be critical of other people. Well, I'll tell you, did you see what so-and-so said? Did you see 
I mean, can you believe them people? One time I was on visitation and somebody said something about somebody that didn't come on visitation. And the person that didn't come on visitation probably brought more people than anybody that comes on visitation. And what I'm saying to you today is we have to be real careful about that. So easy to find fault. To say, well, you know, I just don't know about so-and-so. Don't worry about them. Amen. Just pray for them. Well, I just don't like them. Well, maybe they don't like you. Oh, but they're good to me, preacher. I, 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 they, they, they want to be around me all the time. Maybe they're just being a Christian. Amen. Come on now. I got about three more rows of preaching in me right here. I'm plow out about three more rows. We're going to go to the house and eat some chicken, praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. It's so easy to find fault with people. It's so easy to criticize. Let's just flush it all out. Boy, I mean, we can have revival that way, can't we? If we saw ourselves, if we was as hard on ourselves, if we talked about ourselves like we did others, oh, what a revival we would have. I mean, hey, when's the last time somebody came into church and said, you know, walked up and you say, I'm going to tell you how sorry I am. I'm going to tell you, I hadn't prayed like I should this week. And, 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 you know, I gossiped about five church members this week. Had a bad attitude to my wife on Monday. And I'm telling you, I've just been an ornery, cantankerous person all week. And, uh, and I'm telling you, can you believe I'm that terrible? You run anybody like that lately? No, but I'll tell you what we will do. We'll sure talk about others. Boy, this sermon's went up. It's went like, boy, this right here. But I think the Lord, I think he's doing a work in our heart this morning. I'm going to tell you something. There's more wrong with me today than I ever want anybody to know about. I tell you, I thank God for mercy and grace. I want to give God 110%, but I'm going to tell you something. The truth of the matter is, I'm always falling short. Y'all with me on that? Brother, you can come to me with a list of things about me and I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say amen to every one of them. Everywhere I go, when I get up and preach, somebody says, well, you know, Brother Gravely don't never answer his phone. What can I say to that but amen? I mean, I used to try to make excuse and one day I woke up and said, Brother, that's just true. I absolutely hate the telephone. I hate the telephone. If you'll text me, I'll text you back. It may take three days, but I promise I'll text you back. My own girls sometimes will text me. Am I telling the truth? They'll say, Dad, please call me. I just hate the phone. Some of y'all, some, I, I'm not even going to go there. But you know what? I, when they say that now, I just get up and say, you know, your pastor, he may not tell the truth all the time, but he just told the truth right there. Might as well just agree with him. We all got our faults, don't we? We all this morning. I remember when I first got saved. I, went, I tell you, I went to church, Brother Blake, when I first got saved. I looked at them people down there, and I thought, man, those are the happiest people I ever met in my life. They all get along. They ain't like the crowd I, I'm, that, that I, my household. I mean, everybody drank and fussed and cussed and fought. And I said, man, all them people down there, they just smile and they're happy and they love each other. I mean, they call each other brother and sister and they... And, and they cry in the services. And I thought, those are the best people. I think never get mad. They never have a fallout. No grudges down there. That's how I viewed the church. 
It's amazing how we learn things. People are just people. But I'll tell you what fixes all of that about all of us. It's our spirituality. See, we're not trying to have a great church or a big church or a good church. It takes all the pressure off. We're not trying to have any of those things. You know what we need here at Bible Baptist morning thing? We need a spiritual church. I think we have one, but unto God. Don't you want to have a, more, a spiritual church 10 years from now? I said the other day, I don't care if we're here or there. I just want what we got 10 years from now, don't you? Brother, I'm telling you, I hope God built, lets us build a new church. I believe we're going to build a new church. I believe with all my heart. I don't know when, amen, but, I, I believe, but I'll tell you more than that. I want the Lord's presence. That service we had this morning during Sunday school, people testifying, and nobody, you know, belly aching and whining, but just glorifying God. Didn't that make you feel better? Brother, that's what we need in this hour. We need that. And the Holy Spirit, He's always working on all of us. He's always bringing a message along the way to put us where we need to be at. You know why? He's trying to keep that temperature right in the church. He's trying to keep it where it'll stay, where it's pleasing to Him. The church don't have to please me. And I'm telling you, if I went to church only when the church pleased me, well, you know this would be true. None of us would go to church. You've never been to one service where everything pleased you. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Church isn't about how much it pleases me. It's about me coming here and pleasing Him and worshiping Him. And I want Him to be pleased with our worship. I'm telling you this morning, I believe when this final amen is said, I think I can truthfully say up to this point, he is pleased with what has happened this morning. And this morning, I want to tell you, I don't want to become a Laodicean church. I'm going to preach the rest of it tonight if the Lord will help me to. There's five things in that verse there that we'll give you tonight if the Lord will let us do that. But I want to tell you this, I do not want to become, and I don't think it'll be in the area of compromise. I think it can be in the area of complacency. You know, as long as you got two good legs, like I said Sunday night, go sing in that choir. Amen. Y'all with me? I come to choir practice. Don't stay at the house. Don't lay at the house. Come on to choir practice. You say, preacher, why are you always pushing us? I don't want to become lukewarm, friend. You got we got we got to stay busy. We got to stay where God wants us. And when you come, come happy. Isn't that right? Somebody say amen. Don't come out of obligation. Don't come where we got to go. No, you ought to thank God. Can I say this? You ought to thank God. You got a choir loft to go sit in and sing in. Amen. They're tearing them up and getting rid of them nowadays. You ought to thank God for a 430 choir practice. Amen. You ought to thank God for a 515 prayer room. Y'all with me? Don't sit around here and gossip. Go to prayer room. Amen. All y'all go to prayer room. All, all y'all go to prayer room. Amen. I, boy, I hammer them all the time, but all y'all go to prayer room. Amen. You say, well, what am I going to do? You're going to pray in the prayer room. Amen. Amen. We're going to read some verses and testify. And when you get over there, don't belly ache and whine. Don't make a poor as me pity party. Somebody say amen. Come on. I, I told you I had two more rows I got to get here before I get done. But I'm telling you, friend, listen. I mean, you ought to thank you, sir, preacher. We got so much goes on Sunday and, and, and everything happens around here and I'm tarred. Listen, we don't do enough for God. You got plenty of time to catch a nap. Go if you'll when you go home 
and you eat some chicken, amen, and you eat some potatoes, when you get done, you set your alarm for 27 minutes. And, you, and that's 17 minutes too long. But take you a 27-minute nap. Don't go in a coma this afternoon. Get up and brush your teeth and comb your hair and pray and come to choir practice. Amen. So, Brother Gravely, that's awful. Pra- I'm going to tell you, listen, we need it today, brother. Come enthused. Don't do things because you feel obligated. Do them because you're a child of God. And you get to. I saw a picture the other day of a church somewhere. I don't know if it was somebody put a picture out. I don't know, Brother Laddie, if it was in Africa or where it was. It was somewhere in the, in the jungles or something. And, and they were sitting in church in wooden benches. They were sitting on wooden benches. And they were about, they were about calf deep in water where the church had flooded. And them people, they walked to church and sit on wooded benches in a non-temperature controlled room and sit in calf deep water so they could worship. And I say, God help us if we belly ache and whine about riding in an air-conditioned vehicle down paved highways, coming in a nice building, sitting on padded chairs and padded pews. You see the lukewarmness of our day. Well, there's no sacrifice in this. This is a joy, isn't it? I get to go to church today. How many of y'all glad you're in church this morning? I know it's past 12 o'clock, but isn't it good to be in church past 12 o'clock when everybody else is having early services and all them strange services so they can get out and get to the lake and and just never know God and and get on to their busy schedule? Aren't you glad that we're in church past 12 o'clock on Sunday morning and we're worshiping God? Doesn't it feel good to be here after dinner time? Amen. Amen.